0: This past week, I had the opportunity to spend uh, a week with my mother in Florida. Uh, Got down there on New Year's Day and arrived back yesterday. And uh, people said, uh, you know, people said, "Did you have a good trip?" Yeah, yeah. I said, said, "But let me tell you something. I'm so happy to be home. I'm glad I left. (laughs) I loved the visit." So you know, but there comes a point that this is my definition of home you know, when you long to be home, home is where your own bathroom is. (laughs) I'm happy to be home. (laughs) I can find everything. Coming back, uh, well, going down and coming back, I flew in my collar, which I don't do all the time, but, you know, Florida's so heavily Catholic, I thought, well, maybe I can get some privileges uh, to be perfectly gratuitous about it. <laughs> but anyway, wore my collar, sat in a seat, and one thing about when you're wearing a collar and a plane's not completely full, they, the flight attendant said there were 35 empty seats, is that usually if you're sitting there with a collar, no one dares gets in your row. <laughs> so I thought I going to have a whole row to myself, but then uh, a woman came on breathlessly, just barely made the connection, And uh, she asked, do you mind if I sit in the window? And I was in the aisle. Do you mind if I sit in the window? I said, no, please, have a seat. So we take off. We're flying. Well, I went to one of the newsstands and thought, well, I need a little something to read on the way back. And uh, National Geographic and Time Life, occasionally they have these uh, big glossy history things. And one of them was, who was Jesus Christ? I thought, well... I think I know, <laughs> but, uh, but I bought it anyway. I'm going to see how they dealt with it. And really, it was it's pretty good. A uh, little bit of an attitude, but um, of not really trying to disprove the existence of Jesus. In fact, in many ways, it proves it. I just would have written things a little bit different to make them a little bit better. But, you know, I, I read several, many of the pages and then just set it down in the seat between us. And the woman kept looking down and finally she said, um, "said uh, Pastor, not Catholic obviously, Pastor, do you mind if, if I look at this? I said, no, please, please take a look. And then after a little while she just threw it down. And I said, oh, something upset you? They said the Christmas stories aren't real. That's not the way it really happened. I said, okay, and what's your problem with that? Well, it happened exactly as it says. I believe in the literal word of scripture. And I said, well, okay. Uh, tell me about the gospel in Luke, about the narrative, you know, about the Christmas story. And she recounted it pretty well. But then she started throwing in the magi and some other things. And I said, wait a minute, that's not in Luke. Yeah, it's, it's all there. It's all part. No, 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 that's in Matthew. It's not in Luke. There are no magi in Luke. In fact, the only people in Luke are the shepherds. Well, that just can't be. So anyway, she pulled out her Bible, which she had in her purse. and She read through this. Well, you're right. I never realized how different they were. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, why, why do you think that happened? And, and so I said, you really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't sleep on a plane, sit next to me. So I explained to her that the, the story, those Christmas stories of how Jesus is, how Mary comes to be with child and all of that. They are indeed, and in fact, very highly carefully constructed stories. Matthew and Luke, who include these stories, have absolutely zero concern for history. Instead, they have 100% concern for telling The story of Jesus and the purpose of his life, why he came. And and in these Christmas stories, they are they're struggling to tell us at the very beginning of the Gospels, consider the Christmas stories a prequel to the Gospel. In fact, they were probably written after the main part of the Gospel was finished. They were added later. Why would they do that? Well, first of all, Matthew and Luke they end up in areas of the world that are highly Greek speaking and we're talking about about 85 AD here give or take and in Greek literature when there's these stories about the heroes you know consider the Iliad and the Odyssey that there are two things that are common to those mythic stories one is how much attention is given to the mother of the hero and two about the birth of the hero whether it's a fantastic, miraculous birth or a very common birth to poor, a poor couple who you know, hadn't traveled to have the child under terrible circumstances. So, and people were displeased with the Gospels because they weren't honoring the, the traditional literature of the time. So somewhere, someone goes back and, and writes these stories. But you know, if we go back and read them if that's all we had, God forbid, but somehow we lost the entire rest of the gospels. If we have the Christmas stories, we have it all. The whole gospel is in the Christmas stories, sort of in miniature, and they're they're telling us in these stories who Jesus is and what Jesus is going to do you know as I t- talked to the, you know the kids out of the gospel of Matthew this morning about the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh you know Matthew is telling us who this new born child is gold for a king frankincense for a priest who's going to pray on our behalf and myrrh which is the what they anointed bodies with after they died very highly highly scented ointment uh you know sort of a you know a very heavy creamy kind of thing um that because they couldn't they could not embalm so it helped with the smell and that's what myrrh was for it was very expensive, but that's what it was for. So, you know, right there, you know, we get priest, king, somebody's going to die. You know, so in miniature, it's there. But what I want to give you this morning to ponder is that when these Magi, these individuals, oh, and, and she talked about, you know, well, you know, the three Magi, the three this, the three that. And I said, how do you know they're three Magi? I said, it's not in the Bible. What do you mean it's not in the Bible? There are three of them. Said, and then she started reading, said, Oh, it does it, it doesn't say how many there were. But why do we think there's three? It's because there's three gifts. You know, so you know, we just we read into it, we read into it, read into it. And that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But we hear that the Magi, after they met with Herod, they were told to go home by another way. And there's something special in that other way. You know, when most days we do the same thing at the same time, the same way every day. Now, of course, visiting my mother, I was staying with my sister, and of course, you know, you have your toilet kit and this and that. Well, you know, usually, you know, it's floss, brush, you know, you have this whole order. Well, they just threw my order off and it made me cranky. But we usually do the same thing, the same time, the same way every day. And sometimes you don't even realize what we're doing until something upsets the rhythm of it. You know, most of the time, most of us are driving our cars. Yeah, up and down 96, Murfreesboro Road, Hillsboro Road, Franklin Road, you know, uh, Del Rio. I mean, we're running all over the place. But then you get in a car and somebody else is driving. And you're taking the same roads... same streets. And you're looking around saying, thinking to yourself, I've never noticed that before. Or I don't think I've ever really seen that. I didn't know that was there. And you know, it's not too long ago a parishioner picked me up for lunch and we were riding to the place for lunch and I said, I've never noticed that before. Said, that must be fairly new. And they said, no father, it's been there since 1930. I'm seeing it for the very first time. That's the value of going back a different way. To be able to see things that we normally don't see. You know, I gave all that preface work about, uh, you know, there about why these stories were written and what they helped do and how they set up the whole gospel for us. If we could see them in a different way, then literally this is what happened. If we can see them in a different way, all of a sudden their meaning just explodes in our lives. You know, it it can be sort of like an exploding star, you know, just this whole new thing. And, And then we really do have an epiphany about who Jesus Christ is. Remember, they are writing from the eyes of faith. And they're trying to share their faith with us. These people who knew Jesus, or at least knew people that did know Jesus, they're trying to pass their faith, their deep belief, onto us. And Mediterranean Middle East, how do you do that? You construct stories. You construct metaphors. And because with all of these symbols and all these things, showing all of them, every one of these things harken back to something in the Old Testament. And they're saying, See this differently. On this Feast of the Epiphany, you know, maybe we want to mix up doing the same thing the same way every day. Uh, Maybe not our bathroom routine. We don't all want to be cranky in the morning. (laughs) But if we can open our eyes and see things differently, maybe ride in the passenger seat a little bit more and see things we usually don't see, As I said at the beginning, most epiphanies, they just don't poof, happen. We put ourselves in a position to have an epiphany.